Hello and welcome to episode 4 of Gaming Together, a cooperative podcast. I'm your host, Nave, and I'm here with my co-op partner, Philip. And co-op partners, we actually have a guest co-op partner in the studio right now. It's one of Nave's good friends and a new friend of mine, Christian. Hey, what's up? So, Christian, we are, in fact, a co-op podcast. Have you listened to us before? Yes, I actually have. Oh, nice, nice. So you already know how the show goes. Correct. Uh, a little bit. But you were actually our first guest. So you have the honorable position of answering our first co-op question. So Correct. do you have any good co-op memories from growing up? Not really, actually. <laughs> wow, you're ruining the section. I didn't have a co-op memory story because I actually didn't have anyone to play co-op with for, like, years. Oh, that's so sad. It was 2012. Me and my closest friend... We played this co-op uh, zombie game. I can't remember what it was called. Yo, was really. that Dead Island? I believe so. Oh, no. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm sorry. <laughs> that is not going to be on our list. I believe so. I don't know. I can't really remember. Well, that's good for, you know, games in the past. Nave, what have you been playing recently? Uh, me and everyone in the entire galaxy is playing Mass Effect right now. And it's about as amazing as I remember it. Uh, a lot of things that used to piss me off, like driving the Mako, uh, some of the shooting mechanics are a lot more modernized. It's an awesome experience, and I'm enjoying it a whole lot. So, Christian, what about you? Oh, no, that sounds awful. Or right, how about this? Nave, that sounds out of this world. Christian, what have you been playing? <laughs> I've been playing an Outer World game, too. It's called Destiny. Ooh, I've heard of this one. Destiny 1 or 2. <laughs> uh, Destiny 1. I dropped right back into that with my best friend, Chrissy. So we are going to go play some D1. Hear that cooperative gaming, Nave. That's not playing Mass Effect by yourself. Well, speaking of playing by yourself, what have you been playing? I've uh, just been playing mobile games like Dragon Ball Legends. It's a gotcha Dragon Ball game. Nothing to say there. And Magic Arena, which is the magic gotcha game. <laughs> so that, I think this is... Uh... A Magic Arena podcast, yeah. how much we talk about this That's game. That's all I play. I don't know. I just can't get away from it. But everybody's playing the same meta decks, so now it just makes me angry. So before we get to the game, it says here in the notes, you just wrote the word cat. Like, what's, what's going on with that? Uh, so yesterday, you know, I'm a mailman, so it was raining all day. I was having a miserable day. And I was standing at these cluster boxes, I was putting mail in, and I heard a really loud meow. I was trying to figure out where the hell it was coming from, and I eventually found this cat hiding between this fence and this, what are those things called, the electricity meters, to hide from the rain. And I went and tried to help it, (laughs) because it looked helpless. It was a tiny little kitten. I went over there to try and help it, and it got scared and it ran off. It ran off in the direction of my truck. I was like, oh, okay, that sucks. I hope it's okay. And so I finished doing all my mail and stuff. I jump in my truck, and I'm about to turn the power on. Inside my truck, I hear the meow again. And it's like, meow, 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 meow. I'm meowing all, like, machine gun fire, trying to get some some help. And so I'm looking everywhere in my truck. I don't know where the fuck this cat is, okay? This cat's clearly in my truck, though. Eventually, I get back out. I'm in the rain. It's awful. I'm looking around my truck, like, where's this cat? I look under the truck. I don't see anything. 
And so I go to one side of my truck where the rain isn't really coming, and I turn my flashlight on my phone, and I shine it underneath my tires, like in the gears of the truck, and the cat is just chilling, just sitting on the gas tank. <laughs> I think I see your problem there. I just have this welling of anger, actually, because I was like, I wanted to help this cat, so I'm like, oh no, this poor cat. Little did I know that it would take an hour and 45 minutes to resolve this entire issue. I talked to like maybe 20 people because in, I'm a rule carrier. I don't actually have a male uniform on. So I just look like a regular guy trying to take wheels off of this truck or whatever the hell it looks like I'm trying to do. So people kept coming up to me going, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm the mailman. There's a cat under here. Can you please help me get this cat? Do you have a stick? And they're like, no, we don't have a stick. I had to call my boss and tell them. And of course I got the bosses. Like everyone's like, hey, come listen to this. Oh fucking Austin's got his <laughs> fucking Austin's got a cat in his fucking truck. He can't get it out. He's scared of a cat. So I'm like, I really need somebody to come with like a really long pole or something. Please come get this cat out of my truck. So two managers show up, which shows you that they have nothing better to do. Yeah, so they show it. up and they're pull, poking this cat out of my truck because they're like, they're they're trying to be gentle with it at first. But this cat just doesn't, it would rather die than come out of this truck. And I just feel anger, welling anger How'd you guys get because it out, I'm though? just in the rain. It uh, eventually we we got it into one corner and one person they both were underneath the truck. I had the stick trying to keep it in that corner. They both came from both sides and reaching their hands up, tr- oh like tr- like reaching like you would reach into a vending machine that like it stole your money and the food didn't come out. They're reaching up into this into this fucking truck trying to get the cat and eventually they ended up grabbing it. Um and, it, and then they let it go. It ran off, but. We're all three just soaking wet. There's people just standing all around because there's no mailman to be seen. Yeah, it's just three guys under a mail truck. Yeah, that was horrible. It ruined my whole day. I mean, that's a pretty good. I don't think I have anything to top that story. Uh, Christian, you got anything before we move into our listener questions? Not today. No, <laughs> I got no stories here, man. All right. All right. That's fine. Uh, so we have one question from jack and the question is why do i call nave nave well jack it's actually because back in high school we had maybe five or six austins in the school but we only had one nave and we had never heard that last name before so it was simple enough we just called him nave it was an anomaly i don't even think we really we didn't ask him or anything i think we just started calling him that i think one thing that enforced that was some of the teachers doing it as well like some teachers call you by your nickname mm-hmm. as shorthand especially our pe teacher he would constantly call me nave like we were in boot camp or something yeah he'd be yelling at me for doing something stupid because i was one of the slacker kids so i was never really doing anything that i was supposed to be doing well i mean it's hard in gym whenever your you know pants are sagging about to fall off and whatnot <laughs> life was hard and that's why i call nave nave oh also i think it was just a reference to like medieval knaves just nave with a k yeah, which means like peasant. Yeah, that was fun. Which is, you know, you you embrace it. I was a poor kid, so. Oh, I'm so sorry. Things are better now, though. Yeah, now I'm fat and, well, not rich, but okay. All right, well, let's take a quick break and then we'll get into the game. All right, we're back from the break. Today we're going to be doing an episode on a game called Outriders by People Can Fly. People Can Fly 
are the developers that did Bulletstorm, and they co-developed Gears of War Judgment. Uh, are you guys familiar with either of those? Nope. <laughs> I was like, nope. I didn't play uh, uh, Judgment or Bulletstorm. Well, I actually got some experience in this. I played uh, quite a bit of Bulletstorm. I think I even beat all the way through it. I don't really remember it, but I remember you could like dash and slide and jump. Is that the one where you had like an electric whip that you were like pulling things around? Yes, that is that game. That's yeah, the same one. I think I beat that whole game, but I never played Judgment. I remember both of these games pretty vividly. And, well, Bulletstorm actually just got re-released. Not, I say just, it was probably like four years ago. Oh, just released. I gotcha. But um, it got re-released, and there was like a, I think it's a DLC bonus for pre-ordering that gave you Duke Nukem instead of the original character that is in the game. It's very interesting because yeah, what a it's just Duke Nukem's voice actor, and he's constantly breaking the fourth wall. He's like, how the fuck did I even get here? You know, it's like, it's like they call him the Jack or whatever the main character's name yeah. is. He's like, my name's Duke. Instead of whatever Jack says, he's just constantly saying, my name's actually Duke. They just put him in every cutscene and everything. <laughs> That's incredible. It's it's amazing. It's very funny. Good, uh, yeah. <laughs> that game had like a skill system. It's if you like arcadey shooters, these, these guys people can fly. They that's their basic motif is to take these gritty third-person shooter shells and then turn it into an arcade shit show. And in Bulletstorm, that's kind of what it is. Like you you get extra points if you kick people into cactuses and stuff. Yeah. Like shoot them in their balls and they fall down and you kick them and they die. Then you get a bunch of extra points. It's like everyone cheers after that. It's very brash. They're constantly cursing and stuff. If you don't like that, but um, Gears of War Judgment was a prequel for the Gears of War series where it take it takes place before Marcus Phoenix gets broken out of jail but it's not about any of the main characters besides the two companion characters that you always almost always have with you Cole and Baird mm-hmm. and it's also incredibly arcadey a lot of people didn't like the direction that the game went in even in your campaign it's like arcade mode you got scores and you can get three stars in each section and stuff like that but it's a pretty interesting co-op experience especially if you're used to the gears of war formula it's a lot different and it may even be material that we would cover in the future since we're so familiar with gears of war but you haven't played judgment no i haven't played much after three but you can definitely see gears and bulletstorm in outriders like the dna is in there it's very clear if we move right into the uh, game mechanics here, uh, you see Outriders is almost a cover shooter, but not quite. Because if we look at Bulletstorm, which is looks like Gears of War, if they took away the cover shooter aspect, because you're always moving Doom style, right? Uh, which game are we talking about, Bulletstorm? Yeah, Bulletstorm. Bulletstorm's actually a first-person shooter. Yeah. Like, you're, like, running around, like, it's the anti-cover shooter, you know? Oh, yeah. In Bulletstorm, you're definitely in the faces of the enemies constantly. Yeah. Whereas, like, Gears of War is literally stop and pop, move one cover to cover, shoot the next guy cover to cover. And every once in a while, you'll have, like, those set-piece moments where you have to run, jump over a cover, shotgun a guy, throw a grenade, and then dive back, find another cover. (laughs) And this almost combines the two styles, because the whole game is, you know, third person. Uh, you spend a lot of time behind cover, but it's not required to cover. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, the way I would describe it is it's a third person cover based shooter that incentivizes you to kind of stay out of the cover. You have to do so much damage in order to heal. But being out of cover turns you into Swiss cheese, which makes you want to be closer and do more damage, which it's like a, a loop. Yeah. And it's pretty satisfying. 
Yeah, because they like the way the health system works is you don't recover health naturally besides like a fourth of your health bar. So if you want your health pack, you need to be out there fighting people. If you just hide behind cover, you're going to get chipped down and you won't be able to regen your health fast enough. Well, since we're talking about it already, we might as well get deeper into it. In this game, there are four different classes, and each class has strengths and weaknesses and play styles that suit them better than other play styles. Like, I was playing as a Techromancer. The way that they heal is they just do damage in any way. These are supposed to be basically the long-range characters, and once we get into the other ways that we heal, which we, there's going to be a blind spot amongst us because there's only three of us, and there was a fourth class. We're not, I don't, I don't, I'm not sure if any of us are familiar with that fourth class, but I know I'm not. So, Christian, you were more of a close combat character. What were you doing? Actually, I played two characters. Um, when I was playing uh, Outriders, I played Outriders twice. Uh, I played Outriders for the first time on the PlayStation and the second time on Xbox with y'all. The Pyro class. And it was a close range class, too. Uh, it did have a good mid-range to, to it. It did do a lot of DPS. It did do well just because it has a uh, wild, wild blast. Wild blast, I believe is what it's called. And it was summoned about like two fire tornadoes. So you played the Pyro and you played the Devastator. Do you remember how each of those classes healed? Yeah, uh, the Pyro actually healed based off of burn. So as long as you activated your ability and it landed some type of burn damage, you started healing that way. The Devastator class relied on you killing the opponent close range to you. It had to be more than five meters of you. So it had to be like super close. Yeah, you had to be really close up there. Um, lucky for that class, it has an escape called a gravity lift. So it sends you up in the sky and you're up there for like five seconds. It's basically yeah. you. You just you know how the in Dragon Ball Z you become a fucking Super Saiyan and fly off and then you basically. slam back down. Cool. Yeah, bas- yeah, basically, just like that. You're like Superman, but Super Saiyan, better. Super Saiyans are better. Yeah, my better opinion. Than Superman. Goku beats Superman. Write it down. Always. In my books. But no, um, the Devastation class has these really weird uh, kinetic abilities. And what it would do, it would do bleed damage, but it would also regen your teammates' health, too. The Power Master didn't really have a lot of defensive builds, so it really only cared about itself. Uh, like, Nave, your class, you actually were able to heal. What was you doing when you were healing, when you uh, used your abilities? Well, the Technomancer actually, yeah, just has ability that heals everybody blanketly, and there's a lot of different mods that you can put on your equipment that enhance that heal. So for a while, I just kind of made myself a tank that just healed a bunch. So when my teammates went down, I would just run around the map freely, basically, to pick everybody up. Well, Phil, what was your character class, man? What'd you do? I was the trickster, which meant I lived in a society. He dabbed. Yeah, I did. I just dabbed on stream. (laughs) It had to be um, what I feel like is one of the edgiest classes where all I did is run around with like little magic glowy swords and daggers and stuff. And I could create like a time bubble that would slow down all enemy projectiles. I was an assassin teleporting behind enemy lines so I could die faster whenever I got over there. <laughs> I was a squishy puddle assassin the whole game, and I was not even doing that much DPS. Like, I needed to definitely retune my build more often than I should because this game is all about modifying your guns, modifying your gear, to having the correct stats so you can perform basically how you want to play. And I had no time for it. Every time we got new gear... It was basically like, oh, you should probably go and respec. I'm like, nah, I don't want to do that. <laughs> that sounds lame. I'm just going to stick with whatever I got. 
and I suffered for it a lot. Well, speaking of the mods, we can start talking about that, kind of crack in a little bit deeper. Um, the mods basically enhance all of your equipment. The further into the game, or the higher the world tier you get, which we can bring up later too, the more important the mods become, because they fundamentally change the way some of your skills work. They also change how your weapons function. The amount of damage per second that they do, the effects, like you can make your weapons AoE, or you can make them basically burst one guy down really fast. You can add debuffs to them, to the bullets that they shoot. There's a lot of really fun stuff, and at first I see a crafting system or a mod system like this, and I always kind of tune out, Oh yeah. but this one really kind of ignited this min-max part of my brain, where I really wanted to find out how busted you can make these guns, and you can become incredibly busted in this game. Do you guys have any specific combinations of mods that you thought of whenever I brought up the word busted? Uh, mostly just your cold snap extension ability <laughs> where you had an ability that would just freeze the enemies for about five seconds or maybe even longer and you would just stack mods i think it was like one or two mods that would increase damage done to them and then at the same time the radius would increase as well so we would be halfway across a level and you could activate this cold snap just in a zone and it would freeze every enemy i could be fighting someone across the map and he would just be frozen out of nowhere and you would do it every like 15 seconds so it seemed broken to me. It was very useful for picking people up. Um, it's one of the only abilities that carried over whenever I stopped being a healer tank and moved into the DPS role. I still have that cold snap ability. It was so unanimously useful. I like uh, two specific mods in this game, and it's actually the chain blood and the health gain. Because if you put them both together, you actually will gain the health from the amount of tick damage it does too. So you don't have to shoot bullets to actually gain the health from the first ability. Because each one of these is a tier 1 and a tier 2 mod. It's pretty common to come by. So I was like, okay, let's try to use these common mods and use them busted. And they were amazing. One thing that I think about is there are these pistols that I got about halfway through the game that I kept forever. It's one of the first legendary pieces of equipment that I got. They come with a tier 3 mod. That's the only way you can get them. Like the strongest kinds of mods in the game. You have to get them by breaking down legendary weapons. But I still have these pistols. I'm still using them. And it's because, first of all, these pistols have 40 bullets. So 20 bullets in each clip. They're dual wielding. And they're automatic, like machine guns. Well, they have this mod that says if the enemy is afflicted with a debuff... I can put another debuff on it and re-roll it into a different random debuff. I see where this is going. And I can do that for each debuff that hasn't been put on that creature from my ability. So if the enemy just happens to be bleeding and is frozen, every one second I can re-roll one of those and make a new one. Some of those will interrupt the enemy, some of them will freeze them, some of them like just completely stun them. It turns into this obnoxious stun lock. Obnoxious for them. I mean, they're computers, so who cares about them? But I can just keep somebody in one spot forever. Just because the, I'm, I'm constantly flipping around all of these different debuffs. And there's not that many. There's like eight or nine. The odds are I'm going to hit another debuff that stuns them or interrupts them or does something like that. Whenever we end up fighting bosses or any kind of tanky enemy, I would just laugh because I would see eight or nine debuffs on this creature like that are going past their health bar. I'm like, look at this. This is so stupid. He can't move. This poor guy. But we really needed that on those bosses because so many bosses in this game were just bullet sponges where they seem to have like millions of health. And we're doing thousands and thousands of damage with multiple shots with like our fully automatic guns. We kind of refused to lower the difficulty just out of spite at some point. 
Well, you want to talk about the world tiers real quick? The world tier system, which is a pretty interesting system for a game like this. It reminds me of Diablo, if you're familiar with those games. Basically, there are a bunch of difficulties. They're, they're just called world tiers. And as you're playing through the game and getting kills, you work towards progressing to the next world tier to unlock the next difficulty. Now, usually when you hear the next difficulty, it's like, okay, yeah, I beat Yakuza 4 on normal and I unlocked the legendary difficulty. I could replay the game. No, no, no. In this game, you can change the difficulty basically whenever you want. If the game is too hard, you can turn it down if you want. It just, the only thing is, is that it, impacts the quality of the loot that you get. It incentivizes you to stay on the most bone-crunching difficulty and just fight through the pain until they give you the tools that you need to be able to deal with the situation you're in. It's very frustrating because sometimes the difficulty spike is that you just have bullet sponges around you. The game will not physically let you kill the enemies you're trying to fight because they're healing so fast. It got to a point where we were just trying to beat the story mode and we had done pretty like quite a few side quests and we got to like a level, I think it was like maybe two levels before the end or something like that. And we had a series of monsters that we were fighting. Like one of them was doing just little tiny baby heals, but it was so much that we could not out damage his heals. And it just became a point of numbers. It wasn't that we can perform the actions needed to beat it. It was just we didn't put enough time in to get the gear yet. We didn't grind enough yet. We basically just wiped out the side quests. When we came back, we just ran through that fight. Yeah, it was like it didn't even matter. Yeah, our gear was so much better. In fact, we went up a tier before we came back, so we were worried that us going up that extra tier was going to make that fight impossible again, even though we had worked towards getting better gear. If you would to chart this game's difficulty curve, there is no curve. It is just a flat line with a spike at every basic tier increase because we would enter a new tier like, oh, no, it's tier 14. Instantly, you have a huge difficulty spike where we're just getting slapped around for the next maybe 30 minutes or to an hour where we're just dying constantly. But then we get like one gun drop and they're like, whoa, this gun is 5000 damage higher than my last gun. And all of a sudden we can stay alive and then we get more and more gear. And by the time we have, like, full builds, we're just mowing everybody down. This game's not even hard anymore. I mean, we would make that joke because we would hit a wall and we're like, God, this game is so hard. Like, we can't kill anyone. I just die every time I engage. But then we would get one piece of gear, one gun that is so much better than our other guns. And next thing we know, we're like, wow, this game is for babies. Like, do you remember this game being hard? (laughs) Yeah, we would say that so often. Christian, is there anything you want to say more on uh, just, like, general game mechanics? I do believe, like, later down in, like, higher tiers in the world, uh, the healing does get really ridiculous with enemies and with allies as well. But it is dumb how these AIs can heal four times the amount we're doing DPS. Yeah, that was outrageous. In the end game, you you unlock these things called expeditions. It's almost like its own little mini campaign right afterwards, but the difficulty there is apparent as well. I don't think I've ever been frozen in the game, in the campaign. I've been frozen a thousand times in these expeditions and killed because of it. And I'm like, is this what I'm doing to the AI? Like, this is awful. This yeah. sucks. They can't, I, can't I can't move, move and I'm, I'm dying. dying. I don't know. <laughs> but we could talk about that after the story, which we should probably jump into about this point. Yeah, I'll take this one. Okay, so this is a looter shooter. we got to have the set dressing to explain why we are looting and shooting everyone. So the last messages of Earth's human civilization have arrived on Enoch, a habitable alien world. But it's not long before the final hope for mankind is brought to the brink of extinction because of a mysterious anomaly. 
that just runs across the whole planet. And this anomaly isn't just like weirdness happening. There's like a, a lightning storm and there's like black sludge. There's yeah, like, it's a shit show. Yeah, it's just a whole bunch of random stuff. And so like the lightning storm just starts zapping people and they're like veins are turning blue and exploding out of their bodies and turning to dust. And if they're not turning to dust, they're turning into like corrupted monsters that are attacking other people. It's like making buildings fly and yeah. like float, like the rubble and decay of everything. It's stealing the water and making it float in giant weird textured bubbles in the sky. None of this, I don't think, is explained. Maybe in like audio logs or something. Yeah, but no one reads that. At least I didn't. So we are an outrider, which is supposed to be like the lead person that's supposed to go and get the planet ready for habitation for the rest of the humans. Because the humans are all up in cryosleep in the spaceship. We're woken up early. That way we can go make sure the planet's safe. Set it all up. Well, we land and we start hearing, uh, you know, a weird signal and it sounds like a human voice. And we're like, humans, not on this planet. You know, we're the humans. This doesn't make sense. All the humans back on Earth are dead. You know, they died a hundred years ago when we left. Does it sound like a human voice at the beginning? Uh, I don't know. I think it was just a weird signal you're supposed to go look at. Actually, yeah, it, it's actually a tracking beating. Oh, it's tracking. actually a tracking. Yeah, they're like, yeah, so they're, so... Like, they're like, there's something out there pinging us. Yeah. Uh, no, so this is actually how it happens, is that they sent out the satellites, these certain satellites, and one of them crash-landed onto Enoch. And one of the crash sites had a specific amount of code, and that code was what was going to happen in So Code Story. Okay. Like the code that gets written on our hand. Yeah, that's how we know about the written part on our hand. Gotcha. So we go to investigate this special signal. The storm shows up, and we get zapped by lightning. Well, there's like a, I don't know, one in a hundred thousand chance that people struck by this lightning, instead of becoming piles of dust, they actually become super powerful gods that are immortal. Like getting bit by that spider that Spider-Man gets a bit by. Yeah. Like you become a superhero at this point where you get all your magic powers, where you can control fire, you can control time, or you can throw turrets, I guess, as in the Techromancer. I'm just a regular guy that throws guns around that shoot for me. Yeah. Like you're just unstoppable killing machine at this point. And you're ready to go on your yeehaw adventure. Problem though, you get shot. And so now you're injured, I guess. <laughs> your friends put you in cryo. We're like, well, don't worry. We'll heal you up whenever you get out of cryo. So you go in cryo. You're fine. You come out of cryo 30 years later and everything is destroyed. And you're like, oh my God, what happened? And you go out into the shooter and all of a sudden... It's a rootin' tootin' shooter, full on. There's a war going on, and war never changes. There's bad humans, there's okay humans, I guess. Mostly bad humans. Everyone's a bad human. I think mostly it was like a civil war. As soon as all of the resources started running out, I'm pretty sure it was like, they just turned on each other. Yeah, instantly. For some reason or another. Oh, that was the other thing. It's like the lightning storm like ruined all the electronics. They cut them off from their resources because as soon as the anomaly came through, all the people in the cryo started waking up. I remember this fucking part at the very beginning before any of this happens. This lady's like on the computer and she's like, we downloaded the entire Internet. Oh, yeah, they say that. And I remember we both had the same idea. They're like, the entire Internet? You downloaded that? Yeah. And, but after you wake up, they're like, the Internet's gone. Yeah, everything's gone. Everything's gone to shit. Uh, oh, OK, well. We don't even know how to raise corn. And I'm like, no, not the corn. So it looks like some kind of weird Civil War game. Like, there's a lot of kind of twists and turns that the story mode takes you on, where you're not really quite sure where it's going. Later on, you run into this guy named Seth. I mean, not like later on, like pretty early. And after one of your first boss fights, he talks to you. 
and he's like there's this guy who's like the worst altered he's the worst one and I've got to go kill him. That's my job. I don't care about your puny human squabbles. I'm going to go kill this other altered. And I think you should protect these humans since you give a shit about them so much. But eventually come and help me kill this other guy. So you're like, oh, that's the that's, that's the big bad, yeah, right? That's good. The big bad we got to go kill. Well, do you, hey, Christian, do you want to say what happens to that guy, Seth? Seth? Oh, Seth got cremated, dude. <laughs> yeah, he didn't stand a chance. He got annihilated, my guy. He was basically part of the wall now. We end up touching like part of his body and getting like some kind of memory lapse thing. Uh, did they ever explain that in the story why we are able to remember stuff? Because I don't remember that. I don't. I don't remember. I just think we just get weird visions as part of our powers. That's interesting. Well, the so the guy that killed Seth was the guy who was chasing the big bad evil altered guy. So we're like, okay, yeah, the the end game is go kill that guy, right? Yeah, that makes sense. Well, we go and <laughs> we hunt this guy down and we fight him. I don't know if there's any in-between stuff going on. Most of it's kind of just filler stuff. Yeah, a lot of filler. We do go and we find this guy and we beat him, and he kind of just gets away, which is a running theme in this game, where yeah. the enemy gets away like a Scooby-Doo villain or something. Well, not, actually, that's the opposite. Scooby-Doo villains never get away. Yeah. Maybe I was thinking of... Uh, no, it's always Team Rocket, because they're always blasting off again, because we always beat him in the fight, yeah. and we're like, I'll get you next time. And they, like, they always leave. So he gets away, and we find these people in the forest what's going on with those people in the forest oh the forest people yeah um they have a whole subplot going on where they have a mad doctor who's using bone marrow from half of the population to save the other population from a deadly fungus that the black fungus is still there it's still killing people but they're like oh we can make a cure if we just choose people at random to be turned into the cure so they're slowly killing themselves to keep them alive it's a weird system, but that is actually where we meet August the Alien, because this planet has actual aliens on it. We also meet um, that guy. Tiago. That guy. His name is Tiago. There he is. Oh, that's the thing. Everyone has names in this game, and it's so hard to tell them apart and just remember them. Hey, Christian, can you name the party? Yeah, can you name everyone in How the How many of them can you name by, by name? Uh... Okay, who was the driver? Yeah. <laughs> There's so many. Oh no, Doctor. No, Doctor. Uh, Doctor Zavali. Is that his name? Zalali. Zulali. Z- Zalali. Doctor Shangula. 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 Doctor Shangula. I want to say Zali. Zahidi. I remember him. Yeah, Zahidi. Do you remember? Do you remember who the driver is? Take a guess. Any any guess. Throw a name out. Philip. Philip, Philip the driver. Yep. Philip and then the Philip the driver. Philip the driver dies, <laughs> and then you get who's the other driver? The one, his you know, daughter. his daughter, the one that replaces him. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember a lot of the rest of the other crew except the one, that one chick, the one that gained the the powers. Are you talking about Wheels? Yeah, Wheels. <laughs> <laughs> That's her name. Uh, Wheels um, the powerful. Yeah. Yeah, Wheels the powerful. Did we talk about the doctor getting killed? We kill the doctor and stuff? No, not yet. Because that's pretty much what happens next, right? Yeah, we get August in the group. We rescue him. Yeah, August comes. Yeah. Oh, we skipped Trenchtown. Well, I mean, Trenchtown then ended with us fighting the altered guy. Well, I mean, Trenchtown is where we find uh, the girl that we end up fighting later. I don't know if it matters. I don't think we should bring that up. Into the trash with Trenchtown. Yeah. 
Yeah, Trench Town's an like, annoying place because you have to fucking keep going back if you're doing the side quest because to turn in your bounty hunter missions and your hunting missions, you have to go to a flag that lets you fast travel. So you get to the flag to fast travel to the camp so that you could get to the car to use your car fast travel, which yeah. is different than regular fast travel, to drive to a Trench Town. So now you have to look through two loading screens, which are forever long. Mm-hmm. You After you're done turning those, then you're like, wow, that was cool. And then you get back to the car so that you can get in that car, drive to the next place. It's Look at another loading screen. You're like, okay, I could, I wish... Um, I'm, my fucking audio is off the charts right now on my audacity. <laughs> I'm screaming. I'm, We're still trying to recap the story. <laughs> Gotta take my blood pressure medicine. I know. I'm just. I'm like. I don't want to stop him because he's he's bringing up good points about another thing about the falls in this game. The loading screens. The fast travel. Oh, we're gonna hit the flaws hard. Don't worry. Yeah, we're <laughs> gonna, gonna start right at it the end of this recap. Oh, oh yeah. I'm like, listen, like those those loading screens. I probably had enough time to like. Go to the bathroom and make a sandwich and come back and it still won't be it still won't be done. They're brutal. They just keep on going. Yeah. Am I gonna crash? <laughs> Am I crashing? Yeah. All so right. we end up fighting wheels. Now, what's her name for real? Is it Sarah? No. Is it? No, I don't think it's Sarah. I don't remember her name. Because from then on she was wheels. Becky. Yeah, because she So we killed she Becky. Becky? Yeah, we killed Becky's Becky. will to walk. Oh yeah. So she can't walk no more. And yeah. well, she's a super cool soldier, by the way. She's a turret now. She's a mobile mounted turret. So you give her a gun, just right. wheel her somewhere, and hold down the fort right there. She, you never see anyone else fight. Like everyone's always got guns and they look real angrily in directions, <laughs> but they're never actually shooting at people. <laughs> everyone's too dangerous. Useless. She gets handicapped. Uh, for some reason, we keep her along because surrogate daughter of Jacob who is someone who's early in the game. We, we're skipping Jacob. over so much stuff. We're trying to... This is mostly off of memory, so... Yeah, we're just keeping it moving. Forgive us. But, um... It's not Jacob. It's Jacob. Jacob. Okay. Jacob. Jacob. Jacob? Uh, Jacob. There's no way his name is come at the end of it. No, but that's how you would say it. <laughs> that's how you say it. Okay. For some reason, we keep this girl, and it's because the... Ch- Channa? Yeah, Channa. Person? Channa. So it's because she has visions now. I don't know why, but uh, for plot reasons, she has visions. Mm -hmm. And in her vision, she sees this lush, beautiful forest. Unfortunately, Wheels' voice is in the vision. So she's like, Wheels was with me. So she has to come. We can't just kill her right now. And after that, we... uh... After we bring her with us, uh, we have August, the alien. And we begin fighting other aliens who these aliens are not friendly like August, which August looks just like a um, uh, he almost looks like the aliens from like Attack of the Clones, the Caminos, but they're like long necks. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He looks like yeah, that. no. that's a perfect analogy. That's a for deep him. cut. Is that a deep cut? It's, the... it's Star Wars. Everyone knows Star Wars. What? What are you talking about? That's so like... You know Jar Jar Binks? <laughs> I know that one. Yeah. No, he doesn't look like Jar Jar Binks. How dare you assume him? He's a Gundam. Yeah. These Camino guys, though, they know what they're doing. They're cloners. Yeah. Is that the fur- the furry woodland creatures? Oh, my God. That yeah. throw rocks? Okay, so the skinny-necked boy, who's very nice, hangs out with Tiago. And he kind of does weird stuff with the powers, where he can control the storms and protect us a little bit. Is August a he? So we don't know what's up with them. What's up? Is August a he? Uh, they never determine his gender. Looks like a sh- I think it's a she. Uh, it's actually a they. I thought, because it looked like a... <laughs> I'm sorry. It kind of looked like a... I want to look up a picture of her now. All right, you pull it up. But so we're fighting evil Pax aliens. That's what they're called. 
and they're all like bony and they're using crazy powers and stuff. You're like, oh, these oh aliens are not like the other one. What? Time out. I'm going to share my screen. I, I almost say I'm using Bing. It's probably because of that, but I, this is not what I expected to see when I looked up August Outriders. Do you see this? This is why I thought August was a girl also, because I only know one person named August and it was a female. Okay. You see this? Yeah. You type in August Outriders and there's like one Outriders picture? Yeah, it's just a cheerleader. Anyways. Okay. So these evil have... aliens are using all their crazy powers and we're like, well, maybe Pax can like use his powers to help us. Turns out Tiago gets attacked, his best bud. August uses his powers, but it transforms him into a one of the spiny evil aliens and he's able to you know save tiago but then he also attacks tiago and we waste no time capping him right then and there it's very sad probably the saddest moment in the game the wiki does refer to august as a he okay so does it really yeah it does multiple times so uh the reason why is because there's a band i know called august burns red and august burns red got their name from a local newspaper article this woman named august was upset at someone i don't remember but she burned down a doghouse with the dog still inside oh my god and the dog's name was red so the title of the newspaper said august burns red and they were like that's cool anyway so at this point we discover that the peaceful aliens can transform into angry aliens whenever they need to and i don't think they can turn back or they don't want to turn back and this is where we find out that the signal we've been following out into the desert this whole time is 100 percent other humans in fact they're humans from Earth that somehow got here before we did 30 years ago. Well, even longer than that. They were there like hundreds of years ago. Yeah, we don't know all that stuff at that point. But um, everyone is visibly confused constantly because yeah. they're, they're like, like we're the first mean? people to come through here. So Yeah, we're the first people on the planet. Well, it turns out, no, there have been people there for like 100 years before that. Yeah, well, technically, they're the first people to go through there. But the other people landed on the other side of the yeah. planet where they were. It was just around the bend. We didn't see them whenever we showed up. And so we finally get to them. We make contact with the other humans and we're like, yo, dog, what is going on with these aliens and these storms and stuff? And he's like, oh, yeah. Well, first thing we did as humans is we tried to mess everything up. We enslaved the locals and we just started destroying everything we could because that's what humans do, apparently. And the locals then transform into monsters, summon the giant storm, and begin to kill everyone. So I'm now the only surviving human left. It's pretty cool lore-wise when you think about it in like a sci-fi sense. There were two ships that were leaving Earth or something like that. Yeah. And one ends up exploding immediately. There are people that got left behind on Earth, but Earth is basically just a fucking dead planet at this point. So we're all trying to leave. But there are people who are staying on Earth apparently. Like they're on the ocean or something trying to build like an ocean city. Well, the survivors of the ship that exploded go down to Earth and they meet up with these people. And like a lot of the brightest minds are still on Earth trying to re... I think they're trying to like re-terraform the planet or something like that. And the, ra the name of that city was Rapture. Big twist. No. Yeah, these games are in the Bioshock universe. Yeah, in case you, in didn't, case know. you didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> um. So they they're like, okay, I think they're like, okay, we're fucked here. This isn't gonna work. So they build another ship. But since time has passed, they're smarter. They know how to build better ships. So they build a better ship, and then they fucking leave Earth, going way faster than we we're going. Our little dumb outrider on our dumb little ship. They're not in the Stone Age. They're in the Classical Age. Yeah, they're and, more advanced. So they basically get to Enoch first. They land on the other side and. Everything goes to shit before we even show up to Enoch. So whenever we get there, that... You know what? 
I think I think all three of us got this wrong at the beginning because whenever we get to Enoch and we land, we find that uh, signal. signal. Yeah. The signal is a distress beacon. Remember, whenever we find that lone guy, the last guy that's alive over there, he's like, why didn't you guys answer my distress beacon 30 years ago when I was fucking telling to tell you guys that we needed help over here? You know what I mean? Yeah. But it's because on the other side of the planet, we got fucked up too. Yeah. And we had our own fucking problems. But I don't know where I was going with any of that. So <laughs> what were we even talking about? How did we get here? We were basically wrapping up the story. Yeah, no, that was just a, that was the wrap up. You know oh. what we skipped? The fucking final boss and who he is and why he's the final boss. Oh yeah, there's a final boss in this game. We fucking <laughs> <laughs> we fucking jumped right over that one. Uh, what's his name? Kath, Karth, Kaka. We never explained. We we the one guy that we thought was the final boss. We beat him and he just kind of fucking scurries away like a cockroach. And so we keep going, and then everyone, all the relationships, you, you're learning how everyone kind of intermingles and stuff. And eventually we run into these aliens that you were talking about, the ones that are, we call them savages. Ferals. So I that's that a little, yeah. or ferals. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they, they're called ferals, but they use all kinds of different words like that. Something, you know, the, the Native American allegory is real in this game. Oh, it is strong. Well, oh, so yes. we're fighting those guys, and there's the big bad one, the one that looks like fucking General Ram mixed with Scourge from Game of Gears of War 2. Like, those two guys had a fuck baby, spit that thing out on uh, Enoch. We fight this guy, and he sucks. Uh, we had some glitches with him. We can talk about those glitches later. We're going to talk a lot about Oh, yeah, glitches we're getting later. into glitches. Glitch talk. Come to the glitch corner. He falls, a bunch of rocks fall, just like the boss fight with uh, Wheels with uh, Becky, whatever her name is. We're like, okay, so this guy either got away or died under the rubble, or maybe he's paralyzed. You never know. He mm -hmm. could also be paralyzed. But um, he gets away. And uh, he becomes basically the mummy from The Mummy Returns. He's like the sand monster or something. Yeah, he's controlling the storm now. Yeah, he's like a Jedi. But um, we end up fighting him as the end boss. I don't know why. I don't know why he shows up. He has no real vendetta with us. He killed our best bud, uh, Jake, Yak, Jukum, whatever. Yeah, Juku. Uh, these guys and their names. He kills him. Very sad. He falls down mm. into the hole. R.I.P. And um, we kill that guy, and we're at the ship. We're at the ship for some reason. Why are we at the ship? We were at the ship because we were going to signal to the ship that's still in orbit that has half of our resources still on it. Oh, yeah. There's a ship in orbit. We missed that part, too. Yeah, it's been in this whole time. It's just been up there floating. And it's got all the electronics that weren't damaged by the storm. It's got all the food we need. Which, also, uh, go on. I was about to say, like, the anomaly doesn't stop after we kill General Ram. Or General Kakal, or whatever his name is. You say so, kill, but, uh... Oh, yeah, we don't kill him. That was it. He just <laughs> runs away. I forgot he blasts off again as the final boss. And so, yeah, all these supplies fall down. And that leads right into the gaming as a service version of this game, where from now on, you are playing the Expeditions game mode, where all you do is you queue up with your friends, you can like change the difficulty, all the level caps are raised, difficulty caps are raised up too, and you just go out there and you just hang out with the boys and do some dungeon runs, pretty much, to collect these resources. Which and is actually kind of an interesting way that they spin it around. All that stuff comes raining down onto the planet. And then the end game content is you going around trying to kill all of the creatures, trying to get into that shit that fell. I mean, I don't know why there's a bunch of monsters trying to get into the shit that fell. And supposedly it's full of 
materials so that they could, cause basically everything in Enoch is 3D printed. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's a cool lore bit. Yeah, they have like really complicated 3D printers that work at like hyperspeed, which makes sense. I assume it'd be something like that if we decided to terraform Mars or something. It's pretty cool. It They worked that into the lore, how the endgame content was going to be. And we got to dabble in the expeditions. The expeditions are the way that you level up your gear past level 41, I think. 41 or 42 is the highest that they can go before you get to the expeditions. And the stronger that your guns are, the more ridiculous the nonsense that you can the havoc even yeah you could say so it really encourages you to just keep on playing there are some times that i'm just like i was at work on monday just thinking like man i'm gonna get on outriders and i'm gonna do those side quests and hopefully i can get some legendary gear that's just amazing because by that time i had those pistols and i'm like dude if these pistols are so amazing think about some light machine guns some sniper rifles that you can get that just peel people's lids off like just nothing well you say that's like interesting that they kept this mode at the end and i i hate that they kept it at the end because well, i didn't play that much like I, we only played through what like two or three exped- expeditions or at least i did i think you played a little bit more but i had m- way more fun on the expeditions than i did through pretty much any of the campaign like i don't know it just like being dropped in the arcadey feel like it felt so much better than the all right we got to fight enemies to the next story beat and we got to stop and open the door. They took away all the pretense of that. And they're like, hey, you got to get those resources. Fight your way there. And they were not holding anything back on the enemies. Like, it was hard. I think we wiped like once or twice just today. But I enjoyed so much more than I actually do in the campaign. What do you think about the expeditions, Christian? The expeditions were something I actually didn't really do. I actually just played it until the end of the game. The expeditions is kind of new to me. After y'all just told me about it like today, like as of right now. Like, I really didn't do them. Yeah, because you, you did play through the game twice with two different characters. Yeah. We met somebody online who was playing the expeditions with me. Philip was there, but um, he ended up having to take a call, so he left. And this guy was explaining to me these expeditions and stuff. He actually had four characters, so it was his first time playing through the expeditions as well. So this is his fourth character, and he's just oh doing this in-game contact with me. So he was surprised at me for only playing one character and doing the expeditions immediately, which is interesting, but... It's apparently a little bit for everyone uh, in this game. Unfortunately, if you, like Philip wanted this arcade feel, the arcade stuff is at the end. Yeah. And there's no way to play it. There should be, not, like, I get the story reasons why, but I almost feel like you should be able to opt out and be like, hey, I just want to do the arcade. Like, let me play the challenge missions. Like, because we spent, like, probably close to 20 to 30 hours brute forcing our way through the story mode. Something that's hilarious as well is that whenever you start the expeditions, you start on tier six, like the difficulty is level six, and the enemies, that turns the enemies into like level 38, 39s. When we're playing on tier 15 in the end game of the campaign, the enemies were like level 45, 46, 47, something like that, way higher than in this expedition. So I just like a lawnmower on the front lawn just yeah. mowed through everything it's chopping everybody down for multiple expeditions before i actually caught up with the level i was supposed to be at and you 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 can't everything's locked so you as far as you can go is six whenever you beat an expedition you unlock level seven i think actually you need to beat an expedition and get the gold tier and so i did that all the way up to 11 with that random guy who was very strong his character was fucking way stronger than our characters holy shit our characters, we're, we try. Yours is really good now. Mine is still not good. 
yeah, I whenever I switch from like a healer class to a DPS, my character actually isn't solo focused on DPS. He actually buffs everybody's DPS. So everything that's making my DPS better is making everyone's DPS better as well. But I just so happen to be able to mod my guns so that I take more advantage of it. It's kind of like if you're playing... I don't want to bring up Magic the Gathering again, but if you're playing Commander and you're playing a group hug deck, the thought behind it is that you're making everybody draw cards and everybody gets resources and stuff, but you're taking advantage of it more than they are. That's how you win with that kind of deck. So it's a similar mentality with my character, only I'm only benefiting my allies and making it easier for them to murder everything around me. With that, I think it's time for us to take a break. So would you guys like to join me in my glitch corner where we can talk about some glitches we had with the game? Only if we can lag out of the map. Yeah, let me disconnect a couple times before we actually play or start talking. <sighs> Don't get me fucking started on this shit. Oh, man. Christian, you see any glitches? Oh, man. <laughs> glitches, man. Let me preface this by saying this game is brand new. Not really an excuse. A little bit of an excuse. Yeah, 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 yeah. This... This game's been out for two months now, right? Yeah, and they're still patching it. There was a patch today as well. I had a glitch once where I was playing as the Devastator. The gravity leap will glitch sometimes where it won't activate, but it will activate, but there will be no timer on it. So you'll be just chilling up there. Flying around the sky. Yeah, but you won't be able to do anything. You're just sitting there. I can't target no one. I can't stop it. I don't... I don't know. The only thing I can do is leave. And everyone's like, don't do that. <laughs> One so. thing that that guy that did expeditions with me, he was talking about He one of his main characters is the trickster. And he was telling me to tell you, Philip, actually, mm -hmm. to not use the teleport where you okay. jump into the enemies. Because if for some reason, this is what he said, because I don't know. I've never played it. But he said, for some reason, if there's another trickster on your team, you use that teleport and die within like a couple of seconds after teleporting. That other trickster being there will stop you from being able to be revived even if somebody else is there also so if i run up and try to revive you i wouldn't be able to you would just be laying there god and so i was like oh that's interesting that's huh my favorite glitch huh. actually is the when you die instead of dying you begin sprinting around the battlefield <laughs> so usually you go into a down position where you're just laying on the ground and you're like someone help me and your buddy runs over to you and you can't move and he picks you up and like brings you back to life but in this case, you guys see, like, you get down, and you'll be crawling on the ground, and then you just stand up and you start sprinting. And you're just running, so you can run back to your buddies behind cover for them to pick you up. But anytime you stop moving, you go back to your down animation. It's so Instantly. you're just like, run, 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 and then you fall over next to him, and you're like, pick me up. The, a specific memory of that is whenever all three of us were playing, and I was down, and you went down, and Christian, this was back before I was a tank, Christian was the tank, Christian's run, it, we're in this big arena, Christian's running around oh. in circles, and Philip, you're just running after him, yeah, like Usain Bolt, <laughs> and the best thing is that the enemies don't see him as being a person that's alive, they, so they think he's a down person, so they're ignoring him, but he's just running amongst the enemies <laughs> after Christian, so that you guys can find a spot so that he can revive, which we were never able to do, but... 
No, we did. We did get a spot. Yeah, we might have gotten well, behind no, a tiny no. rock or something. It took us like forever to find it, but we got there. <laughs> well, that's that's uh, the entire two. reason why I became a tank in the first place. We when we all shifted around in our role. Actually, Philip, you didn't shift. You stayed the same. But yeah. me and Christian swapped roles because we were like, okay, I have a heal that makes everyone have double armor. I should probably be the tank. <laughs> and then you were like, okay, well, I'll just be a DPS. And instead, you two were just dying constantly, but I was so tanky and I had so much crowd control that I could just run in a circle, freeze everyone in, in the entire state of Nevada, basically. That's how big my <laughs> freeze is. Pick both of you up, heal, run off, you know. And I'm doing zero damage while all of this is happening. You guys are doing all the damage, but at least we're not wiping. Yeah, for sure. Uh, there was a glitch when you targeted enemies and it would like snap onto the target. Oh yeah, it made it impossible for you to miss. That's a good yeah. glitch. Like, that was a good glitch because all of a sudden your gun would have no recoil. You couldn't miss. It would just snap to an enemy and never let go until the enemy was dead or you reloaded. Actually, no, I think you could reload still and keep it snapped onto him. It's kind of like uh, Grand Theft Auto games, early ones on the PlayStation 2. That's the only way, because aiming in those games was terrible. Nobody knew how to develop a third-person shooter yet. So the glitch that I encountered the most, and I think you both know what the fuck I'm about to say, is um, it's something that is probably tied to my account. I may have said some dirty shit to Square Enix on Twitter or something, and they were like, make this guy have a miserable time on Outriders. But um, <laughs> I had constant server issues. Constant. Forever. I still do, to this day, have horrible server issues. And there's no real reason. I probably have the best internet out of all three of us right now, I mm -hmm. would say. And I can't connect to the Outrider servers. And I don't think it has anything to do with the servers. I think it's my game itself. Like, Christian can come over here and play on my second Xbox, and he'll connect to the servers fine. But I have to start the game up, not connect to the servers, completely quit out, dashboard out, end the process, start the game a second time, can't connect to the servers, get out, start the game a third time, perfectly fine. Third time's the charm almost every single time. And this is every day that I want to play Outriders. I have to go through this. It's a 20-minute process of me waiting for the game to tell me I can't join. And I don't know if anyone else is experiencing something like this, if there's any way to fix this. Uh, I almost vehemently refuse to delete the game and reinstall it because it's like a 60-gig download. That sucks. And we needed to get this game done early. So I'd rather waste 20 minutes every day, sometimes two or three times, trying to connect to this fucking game. Yeah, you know, it's not that bad just on first startup. You'd think that, like, oh, I got to restart it, you know. But we would crash and disconnect so many times. Like, we could not play a single day without having at least one or two crashes. Especially, like, transitioning between zones and there'd be a cutscene in the next area. Sometimes we'll crash halfway through the cutscene. Uh, one part in particular we had to do by ourselves, the cutscene where August gets killed. We could not get through that fucking cutscene together we had, yeah, to we had to play separately yeah. beat the fucking bosses again and then meet up afterwards in the next zone very frustrating oh real quick i want to put a shout out to our randos that helped us whenever we had needed an extra little bit of strength that's a shout out to rain and shout out to oh where's the other guy geth supreme geth supreme There's rain had back. numbers at the end of his name it was rain like uh rain and blood by Slayer. That's not... I mean, if you don't listen to metal, then you don't know what I'm talking about. But, um... Red and blood. Uh, Geth Supreme, in particular, had a glitch that I want to bring up, which turned into a cascade of events that just completely crashed our games. But, um... I don't know. 
Yeah, it just happens. This fucking game, dude. This game is an enigma. It breaks in different ways, and it's always surprising. So we were in the very first zone, turning in uh, the very last historian quest, which is one of the collectible quests, like the hunts and the assassination missions, yeah, or whatever they're eliminations, called. Eliminations, I think, or something. Target eliminated, yeah. or whatever he fuck he says. Oh, oh he we, goes, need, we need to talk about the goes, main character at some point, too. He goes, target neutralized. Yeah. <laughs> and he always has a fucking shit-eating grin on his face. But, um, what were we saying? Oh, so we were turning in Historian in the very first town, and he was changing characters. So he was like, you guys go to the new place, I'll just leave, and then come back. That sounds faster. Instead of all of us going to the lobby, coming back in, and then going through another loading screen to get to the first zone. You have to manage your loading screens in this game. You do. You yeah. uh, you want to do everything that you can in one place so that when you leave, you never have to come back. We go to invite Geth Supreme. He's like, okay, I can't join on Guns vs. Kittens, which is my gamertag. Which is normal, obviously, because for some reason, someone can't be joined at yeah. any given time. Well, he's like, I can join on Philip. So, he joins on Philip. His character spawns on the outside of the map so he's not in the town with us he's in a de-zoned area but he was just looking at a bunch of untextured everything he was just outside and eventually he ran so far he fell off the fucking map and i think that's probably what spawned all of this we were standing in the original area and there is a way to join expeditions from that area so i'm like looking through the expeditions this is the first time i've ever looked at them i'm like which ones do you want to do and we're talking about it i'm like okay let's do this one and so i pick it and instead of asking for a vote it immediately goes to a loading screen. All of us. We all hit a loading screen. And so I'm like, oh, okay, interesting. There's no vote. So yeah, I just get to choose, right I in. guess. Whatever. That's not true because you do have to vote. I didn't know that at this point. So about 20 seconds into the loading screen, Get Supreme lags out. Like, he's like, I lost connection to the host. I can join on Tub again, though. Philip. I can join Philip again. So he starts connecting to Philip. This right here, I think, is where all the fucking wires got crossed. So he's connecting to Philip. Our lobby's a little fucked up. I disconnect from Philip. They connect in the loading screen. They connect to each other. We all get into the expedition. I am with a random person. Philip is with Geth Supreme. Philip's the host now. I'm the host of this random. This random is like, let's go. And I'm like, who, are, who is this guy? What the fuck? And they're like, we lost you, Nave. Where's Nave at? What's going on? And so we're all just in astonishment trying to figure out how we got separated during this loading screen in the fucking matchmaking. Yeah, it was because you were like, I'm in the game. And I'm like, no, I'm in the game. Like, we're in <laughs> different instances of the same game that we tried to play together. Like, trying to start and I'm game. like, who the fuck is Hammer Smasher or whoever I was with? I'm like, who is this guy? Yeah. You guys got any more glitches before we move on? Oh, there's plenty, dude. Yeah, you want to talk about uh, the tooltips? Oh, tooltips. This one, I, oh, I kept saying I was going to write this one down. But did you guys know Toxic can be cured by healing? No, I never heard of that. Yeah, if not, the game will tell you every time you get toxic every firefight, you will get that message. And you can always be like, oh, press down on the D-pad to dismiss this tooltip so it can pop up again. And, <laughs> and it's just always there. And it fades away, and you're like, okay, yeah, I'm good. Then so many, like, there's like five different enemies that can cause Toxic. They're not too common, mostly the bug enemies. But the second they hit you, hey, did you know Toxic can be removed by healing? Like, I just don't... Oh, God, that one was so bad. But then I had another one where the ambient volume was just cranked out of, like, so high. But all my other volume disappeared while I was playing. So I was just walking through any area, like, walking through the forest. 
and you just hear nothing but chittering monkey noises super loud <laughs> and then like leaves rustling and i'm like all right whatever i'll just go to trench down you go to trench down and you just hear they have actual human voices saying words and stuff in the ambient and it is so weird because they're just like watch where you're going or we need to get this moving and i'm like who's talking to me there is no slider for ambient volume in the volume settings for this game classic this game yeah this game just feels semi-unfinished in almost every aspect the whole loading screen phenomenon it kind of came to me like maybe it's solved when you're playing on the series x or the s or you play on ps5 maybe that it's because it, they have to be better. The loading screens to be. have to be better on those, right? Because of the SSD. I assume it's nowhere near as big of an issue there. But, man, we're we're playing on last gen. And I'm playing on a Xbox One X, which is fine. Uh, we had two more friends, Dontre and Jesse. And they were both playing on the OG Xboxes. Is that, isn't that uh, what you're playing yeah, on, Yeah, I'm playing on a fat Xbox. Uh, actually, Jesse was the only one that has the actual original one. Trey and I have the same type of Xbox. We have the Xbox S. So I was watching Philip play Outriders on stream, and I was noticing some textures that looked a lot different. Like, I had his Twitch up on my phone, and I had the game in front of me. And I'm just looking side by side with this phone right in my face. And I'm like, I wonder how much this looks like what he's actually looking at. Because there's some real texture poppins. Oh, the texture looks real bad. And half of them are like breaking textures where there's like a sub grid. Like I've seen, like there was moments <laughs> where there was like a grid on someone's like face. And you can like, look, this texture isn't even like opaque. It is just like an overlay on this character model. There was an Easter egg for Bulletstorm somewhere it was a book and i can't remember what the easter egg was but uh it ju it was just the cover art for bullet storm but uh i was like hey philip look there's a easter egg right here look and philip pulls out his assault rifle with the scope and he's like looking and he's like i cannot i have no idea what this yeah, is it for. is just a splotch <laughs> it's bullet storm duh and then he took a picture of it and sent it to me and I, you cannot see what the fuck that is. Yeah. It, it was clearly <laughs> Bulletstorm to me. And it just looked like, oh, it looked like a fucking, some kind of abstract art from the yeah. fucking 1800s. It was just smeared. What else we got? Yeah, I think let's leave the glitch corner and try to say something nice about this game. So the whole game is co-op, which that's what we're looking for in games, you know? Games we can play with the boys. It's three-player co-op, which is very interesting. Mm-hmm of a choice uh most games like this are four player like a lot more round of a number uh gears of war judgment was four player i believe I, I may be wrong about that i didn't really play that game with people nobody really wanted to play that game with me oh how sad no one wanted to play gears of war judgment um having three people is interesting also because there's four classes the thing that it makes me think of is i do believe that borderlands the original one was originally going to be like this where you only had three people and they changed it because of the feedback that they got, that they were upset that they couldn't have a whole squad of each character. It makes me wonder, what is the design decision behind having three people? Do you think it's more to do with the machines that we're playing it on? Do you think there are limitations mm -hmm. with that? Or do you think that it's a server load issue? Or do you think it was actually a decision made by the storyboard? You know, that's tough. Um, like, they do set everything up for threes. Like, you have three trucks... And each player brings their own truck in each little area you go to. Uh, I think it comes down to a balance thing, too. Like, I get how they could just add a fourth person and just, like, add more enemies. But then you got to add more enemies' health. 
to make it more balanced. Like, I feel like it's easier to balance around three people than it is four. Like, when you know your target, maybe they were looking for more, like, a manageable experience they could really choreograph. Like, okay, at most, we're going to have three people to deal with. Whereas, like, four people, things start to get more weird. And we've already seen how glitchy this is with three people. Imagine trying to keep a party of four with this. It would be unplayable. Well, one thing you just said just reminded me that there are some cutscenes that include your co-op partners. Yeah, so which weird. shocked the shit out of me. You have no idea really what your characters look like because you're always wearing helmets. You may or may not be able to switch off helmets in the settings or something. But generally speaking, you're always going to see this weird helmet on everyone's face. The first time you see your friend in a cutscene, I think it's pretty early on in the first town where you're like running down a hallway to get to a door and like you knock on the door and the thing opens up your character's an old man yeah i played it as an old man he opens up this fucking little window and he's like password or something and then the camera shoots is is me and this old man standing behind me and i'm like who the fuck is that old man and you were like i'm the old man and he's like who's this guy with the mohawk and i was like Are we in each other's cutscene? Yeah. This, this is amazing. Because I definitely have the main character look where I'm like, this guy does not look like an NPC, you know? Yeah, we're all we're all uh, decked out. It's very few and far between, but sometimes you see your friends in the cutscenes, and it's always a treat. Yeah, because it's exciting. All of our armor is outrageous. Like, there was somebody talking to me about, I think it's Tiago. He had a child, and his child died, and this is very sad thing he's like august just died and tiago died and i promised them we'd go find this promised land and i i broke my promise to both of them and my character just looks like a fucking doom eternal villain yeah just covered in bone spikes just looking sitting there going i'm sorry friend yeah Yeah, but he just looks so evil it's like uh watching skeletor from fucking he-man yeah talking to somebody like consoling one of his henchmen or something it's (laughs) It just, it's, it's very jarring, but... Which of the armor, like, I definitely wanted to have, like, a set style. Like, I felt very cheated, almost, because in this game, you have to almost try to min-max. Always improve your gear, otherwise, you're going to struggle. And I was already struggling. I was having a bad time most of the time. Like, I could not keep up with the damage, mostly because I was probably not trying hard enough on my mods. So it really came down to, I wanted to look cool, but the coolest armor was the armor I ended up throwing away because it wasn't good enough stat-wise. So it's like, oh man, I got this helmet that makes me look just like a Spartan from Halo. This is so cool. Well, I'm going to throw that away, and I'm going to put on this helmet that looks like I have... You know those little uh, goldfish where they have like one eyeball staring off at the ceiling, and the other <laughs> one's looking at the fridge across the room? And you got big googly eyes? Like, yeah, you're going to wear that helmet. And it's going to have a scarf around the back of it, so you kind of look like a, a Sonic OC on the side. Like, you cannot look cool most of the time in this game. I think the only way that you can do that is if you find a helmet that you like, you have to upgrade it through the crafting system, which unfortunately means you have to use resources to make sure that the armor is up to the protection quality that you need as far as the difficulty skill goes. In order to do that with your purples and your legendaries, you have to use a resource called titanium, which is incredibly rare. Um, It costs like 100, 120 titanium per level, and... At the end right now, I've barely leveled anything up, and I think I have a 1,000 titanium, and that's only 10 levels. So if you have an armor that you really like, unfortunately, <laughs> you're going to have to grind to make sure that you look fly. You can bring, like, one piece of gear with you as you level up. Christian, you got anything to add? Well, 
uh, every time when I grinded, I had a little bit of issues with the drop rate, actually. Uh, yeah, I just put my headphones down. If Close you your door. Me. Make sure Namali's not in there, because she's a fucking idiot. Molly. Oh, no, she's right here. She's on the couch. I literally saw in that dark corner where my curtains are, I saw a little white dot. Because that's her nose. Her turning around going, what? I'm going to be honest with you, Austin. I thought there was someone like moving behind you like no more like 30 minutes ago. I was Dude, she's so constantly lost. making me turn around. She's constantly making me go, I... what the fuck? All right, guys. I think it's about time to come up with our final reviews. Christian, let's start with you as our honored co-op partner. All right. How do you feel about Outriders? I think it was a good game. It, the story was okay. Storyline, I give it a, a solid B. Nice. Playability with like friends and everything. It suffers so much because of so many glitches. It needs so much more work. It feels just like how you said earlier. It feels like it's just a starting game. Nonetheless, if I want to give it to a rating score, I'll give it a fair five. Five out of ten. Oh, nice. You nice. Know, just pretty fair. Good. I'll pass it to you, Austin. What do you? What do you? What's your output on this? Um, one thing we forgot to talk about was the main character's voice. The main character's voice brings the story up pretty high because yeah, he's the best. He, it's so. He's he's got a a real deadpan how he speaks. He'll see something horrible and he'll just go, "What the fuck?" And you're <laughs> just looking. The game in itself, as far as if you should buy something like this, if you're on Xbox, it's on Game Pass right now as of recording. This game is worth a dollar no matter what. If you are already paying, it's worth fifteen dollars as well. Uh, if you're on PlayStation or if you're on PC, you're paying the full market price. <sighs> If you have two other people to play this game with, it's pretty fun if you can get through the arduousness of the loading screens and some of the things that could probably be cleaned up with quality of life updates, like having to go back to the car to fast travel across the map, that could probably be fixed somehow. Or having to go back into camp just to mod your gear. Yeah, that's something that really should change. There should be a, a option to immediately move one of your mods over to the new gun rather than having to go back to the camp and fucking remod your gun again. That was a nuisance consistently throughout the campaign for us. And even now, it's like, this armor has 50 extra armor. Is it worth it to... Yeah, is it worth going through a loading screen? There's a lot of arduousness in the game, and unfortunately that knocks it a lot. These things could be fixed with patches, like I said, but you might want to wait for it to drop in price. If you're looking for something to play co-op with your friends, this is a pretty interesting game. There are better games out there, but I would say that I've been thinking about this game a lot, which I can't say about a lot of games. Like, I think about Yakuza a lot. Now, I'm not saying I like it as much as Yakuza. He's gone. Yeah, we just lost Christian. <laughs> so we're just going to keep going, and we'll see if we can get him back. Um, what was I saying before? This game really tickles that min-max in my head. I think I mentioned that before as well, where you can really find some goofy things to do, and you can find some awesome combinations, and you can constantly reconfigure the way that you play. Like, a lot of games that have skill trees, you're stuck on that skill tree for the rest of the game, or you have to pay some resource to respec yourself. This game is completely free, and you can see the whole skill tree at all times. So it looks a little daunting, but after a while, you're like, oh, I kind of don't like this ability anymore. I can redo my whole skill tree to do it into something better. As far as accessibility, the game is 
I would say very accessible. It looks complicated on the surface, but you could probably just play this game as a third-person shooter and put it on tier four or five and never move it higher than that, and the game would likely still be challenging throughout the campaign because you would never be getting better gear, but it would never become the bullet hell yeah. that it becomes on tier 15 where you're sometimes having... 20 30 minute fights with bosses that are healing themselves over and over and the glitches really hold the game back i would say this game it's it's above average and it should be looked at it's gotten a lot of praise probably because of the game drought we're in not anymore but the game drought we were in when it came out and uh, i think it deserves the praise but it also deserves all of the hate that it gets as far as the glitches and stuff are concerned for my review i would say that this game is certainly a game that exists and <laughs> like <laughs> oh god it's so hard to say nice things about this game because i did have fun playing it with you guys but that was it like when we were actually playing it this game will take one step forward and then shoot itself straight in the foot in every aspect it's like oh these are awesome guns i love looting well yeah most of the loot you're gonna get is trash though and when you do get a loot you really need to go back and mod it otherwise you're not going to stay viable for long. And I'm like, God, I don't want to deal with this. Where it's like, oh, you know, I really want to do these side quests. This world is pretty cool. And the writing's really pretty good in this game, actually. I really enjoy the sci-fi elements. And I'm not crazy in the sci-fi, I would say, compared to fantasy. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. You can really do some story beats with side quests if you get through the loading screens. And I'm like, oh, no, I don't have time for this. I'm not going through these loading screens. <laughs> like. Nate's like, oh man, do you wanna do you wanna go mining to get this mining achievement or whatever? You wanna grab this? And I'm like, I can't be bothered. I'm not doing that. I'm not gonna stop, you know, this train just to gather this resource so I can, I don't know, like fix some gear later on. Like, yeah, we need titanium, but do I really wanna go through the menus? Because every time I pull the menus, my frames drop to like, I don't know, seven, you know, frames a second. <laughs> And it's like slowly crashing itself just by opening up a pause menu. So this game was fun to play with the boys. But we talked about like, oh, we're going to play some more expeditions. I'm like, yeah, I'll probably keep this game on my hard drive for like two more days. Then I'm probably going to delete it. And I don't think I'm ever going to play it again. Like maybe if like some really cool DLC comes out. But I would say, yeah, if you can get this game on Game Pass, play it with your bros. You'll probably have a good time. Uh, just turn the difficulty down. There's I don't know. There's no point. Like, we did not turn the difficulty down through the whole game, and it is not balanced for that at all. The way the balance for the difficulty works, like, once you tear up, if you don't have gear of that tier, well, too bad. You're just not going to do damage until you get a good drop. The game feels unfinished, unbalanced, and besides just the run-and-gun moments when we were playing Expeditions and stuff like that, I was not really enjoying myself. I enjoy playing games with you guys, and so we could literally play in any trash game and I'm going to be having a good time. But just playing... Ooh, Outriders trash game. Hot take. Yeah, hot take. Trash game, Outriders. It can be fixed. They just need to do some patches and I would totally change my review on this. But right now I'd just say, ah, just go play something else. Like, there's better games out there. Like, this will be fun for a little bit, but I'm probably never going to come back to this game. Hot take. I like what you said uh, with the play something else. It made me think... I was like, well, what does this game offer? And the thing that I would say is that this game is a mishmash of a lot of different games. Yeah. Like, there's a constant uh, idea of, oh, this looks like a Mortal Kombat arena. Or, oh, this is the Dead Space line. Or, you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, it's like, well, if you want to play a 
like a MMO-ish looter shooter, you can go play Destiny. If you want to go play a solo, something that you could play solo, Borderlands uh, Three, you could play Borderlands. Just go play Borderlands can, Three. It's a better game. If you want to play a third-person shooter, uh, a cover-based shooter, you can go play Gears of War or Division Two. That's similar. It's like a more gritty, realistic military version of Destiny. Yeah. And there's tons of third-person shooters that are pretty awesome. I mean, if you want the arcadey feel that you get from the expeditions, you can go play Bulletstorm in first person, or you can go play Gears of War Judgment in third person. And that may be blasphemy, but as I'm telling you, Gears of War Judgment's a perfectly fine game. And as if you're look, it's like people who really, really hate Resident Evil Six. But it's like Resident Evil Six is a perfectly fine game as far as Resident Evil goes. It's it's a lot. It's really convoluted. The tone is everywhere, but the tone is supposed to be everywhere. There's four different campaigns, and each campaign is supposed to convey a different feeling. Like Leon's campaign is supposed to be horror. You know, it's stuff like that. Yeah. People really didn't like that. I thought it was an interesting idea, and of course, I've been pushing for that to be an episode for a while now. But um, it's on the list. There's a lot of different kinds of games that you can play uh, that this game emulates. Uh, a lot of different feels and tones that this game emulates. But um, the story is good. The voice acting is pretty good. And it's telling an interesting story. Yeah. Like, but the whole humans being on Enoch before they got there, that's an interesting take. Earth being destroyed, that's an interesting take. I mean, I'm just going through Mass Effect in my head, and it's like it's stuff like that. As an adult playing Mass Effect 1 and... I'm like reading the flavor text for each planet. You know what I mean? Oh God, we're going off the rails. Yeah. Uh, but I'm reading the flavor text for these planets. Like one planet, it's like this is a gas giant, and there's some weird shit going on inside, but no one's able to get in there and figure it out and get out alive. And they send probes in there, and the probes die instantly. And so, but they could figure out that there's like structures in there, and they're like, that's not natural. It, these structures were man-made. You know, <laughs> but um, <laughs> they must go somewhere. But they find these structures, so they're like, this thing must be like some kind of supercomputer. And then some people are like, this is probably where the uh, Protheans just dumped their shit because it's such a fucking dead planet. They just dumped their shit there and then it became a gas giant or something. It's like, this is fucking interesting as shit. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of interest. Like, ever, someone, someone's job was to go through and fucking give lore to all of the fucking random planets that you can't go yeah. on. What were we saying? Oh, I was basically <laughs> saying uh, go play something else with your friends unless you guys just really, really are digging the aesthetic. Like, you can take a pass on this one. Or at least, I feel like... Like, I, I'm glad we played it, but I don't think I'm ever going back. Yeah. The guns feel really good to shoot. Oh, the gunplay is so and, good. Like, it's the Gears of War feeling. Yeah. Like I was saying, you can put this game on, like, Tier 5 and just play through it all the way through by yourself and probably have a fun time. Never really run into these bullet sponge enemies that we had to experience. Um... Never really have to grind or anything. You might not find any awesome mods, but I mean, at least you'll have every gun is fun. So, like e even like the burst fire assault rifles. Like if you if you get to a point where you're like, I don't like this assault rifle because it's burst fire. You can go and go into the crafting and turn it into a regular assault rifle, or you can turn it into a single shot assault rifle. And like you have that kind of freedom. I mean, you can't do that with the legendaries because they're unique, but. You have the freedom to do stuff like that in the crafting for all the other kinds of weapons. All right. Well, I think that about covers it for this week. Uh, just a shout out to you co-op partners at home. Uh, if you have any comments or emails, we can read them on on air, just like we did from our boy earlier. So please email in at gamingtogetherpod at gmail.com. We also have a Facebook page and a Twitter. You can contact us there. Uh, so, Nave, 
what do you want to do for our uh, next game? Anything lined up? Uh, we're probably going to have to do because this took us a really long time to get through. We mm. wasted a lot of our free time just oh, it was a playing side quests and stuff. Um, so we're probably going to try to do a retrospective, a la Rock Band Three, uh, where you could just find something. Oh, what was that? Hold on, that's the fucking animal, the fucking monster that lives with me. Um. Okay, so what were you saying? Uh, we're probably going to try and do something. Just lock her in the bedroom. Just sit in the bedroom with her for a minute. So we're probably going to try and do something like a retrospective, kind of like how we did for Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Some certain games that we can think of from our childhood, like we can probably do something like Earth Defense Force. Oh yeah, that would that would hit pretty good. Because we, we I don't think we need to play through EDF. EDF. <laughs> oh no. Ah! <laughs> Um, yeah, there's there's multiple games. Uh, we're looking at Left 4 Dead 2 still. Uh, you have your computer now. Yeah, I do. So that opens up a lot of uh, wiggle room for us. We're able to play something like Fear 3 or something um, if we can find that cheap because I think we both need to buy that on the computer. We can play because I, I, I really want to get away from a shooter yeah, if same. we can. Uh, that sh This shooter took us a very long time. What do you think? What, what do you think? Uh, what do you have I mean, mind? EDF sounds really good. Oh, why don't you talk about the mod gameplay we can do? Oh, yeah. Uh, I've noticed there's a couple new, like, kind of co-op mods that just popped up for older games that were originally single-player. Like, it seems like weird things. Like, Mario 64 or Ocarina of Time now have co-op mods. Or, um, there was another one I really wanted to do. Oh, Morrowind has a full co-op conversion where you can play on it with, like, a server with, like, 16 people. It seems ridiculous. Like, Morrowind is already a hard game but playing with other players that can play or kill it's it looks terrible <laughs> but we we definitely got to try it oh god there's friendly fire on the mod yeah there's definitely friendly fire so if you're casting spells it just... you're gonna have a bad time <laughs> dude i killed myself so much in that game anything you want to add uh fuck the servers of this game yeah the servers are bad so thanks for playing with us maybe we can play some games again next time this has been the Gaming Together Podcast. We'll catch you later. Bye. See ya. We lost Christian. Did we mention that? Yeah, we did. We called it out. He's one of my good friends. How did you say hi, Christian? Hey, guys. How's it going? Take that again. Yeah. Again. All right. Three, two, one. Wait, what was I gonna say? Or whatever. And today, co-op. Like stop it. I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> so, Christian, what about you? Oh no, that sounds awful. Auto, on to your world. Fifteen. Gotcha, bitch. So, oh. Here. Turn All right. With that, around. let's take a break. Yeah. Let's take boom, a break. Boom, 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 boom. He's gone. That we we lost our co-op partner. <laughs> yeah, we just lost Christian.